0: Welcome to In All Things. I'm Sierra, and I would love to welcome you into my living room to have real conversations with you about everything from forgiveness and personalities to community and discipleship. So let's imagine we're sitting on my couch and encouraging each other to see Christ in all things. Happy New Year, everybody! Wow, it has been one year of doing In All Things, and you're still listening, so thank you so much. In this new year, I'm actually moving to a different format. I'm going to be releasing an episode every other week. Um, I'll still be bringing on guests once a month, and then I'll be doing solo episodes as well once a month. Um, And so I'm, I'm really excited to see what this year holds, and I hope you guys all had a great Christmas and a great start to 2022. It always feels so great to get a fresh start in a new year. Before I started this podcast, I made a list of topics that I had wanted to cover. And one that I did not get to go over last year is the topic of forgiveness. I thought it would be a good topic to cover at the beginning of this new year. Forgiveness can be kind of confusing sometimes because as Christians, we know we are instructed to forgive others. But I've often found the details of this instruction a little bit lacking. Like, what does it actually mean to forgive somebody? Does it mean giving an offender a free pass? Does it mean forfeiting justice? Does it mean forgetting something hurtful? I'm hoping today's episode brings clarity to what forgiveness means. And spoiler alert, I think the answer is no to each of those previous questions that I just asked. And I also hope this helps us tackle this concept with a biblical view. In my teens and somewhat into my early 20s, I was hurt by a lot of people at different times. Who I had considered friends, and with each new hurt, it seemed to validate the hurtful things said or done that had come before. The act of forgiving these people who had hurt me seemed like a very intimidating direction. I saw forgiveness as ignoring what the other person had done wrong and acting as if it was all okay. In my mind, to forgive a person meant brushing aside my own feelings, and continuing on in that relationship, even if it meant risking being hurt again. Thankfully, I have come to learn that that is not the case. Although we do get a lot of false theories about forgiveness that are fed to us from society. Our culture actually agrees with the basic idea of forgiving others, but they kind of twist the definition, as society normally does, and turns it into being very self-serving. A quick Google image search of the word forgiveness will turn up very inspirational-looking pictures and quotes. Most of what our culture feeds us about forgiveness is that it brings psychological freedom, per se, to ourselves when we forgive. One quote said, forgive people in your life, even those who are not sorry for their actions, because holding on to anger only hurts you, not them. Another said, forgive others, not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. And the list goes on, but what they all have in common is that the world's reason for you to forgive somebody is that it benefits you in some way. It gives you peace, it doesn't hurt you, it lowers your blood pressure, kid you not, that was actually another one on there, and so on. And while it's true that forgiveness does give you peace, it does not hurt you, and it probably somewhat does lower your blood pressure, That is not why we are to forgive others. In Ephesians, we see the biblical reason to forgive somebody. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. We forgive because Christ has forgiven us, and it is an instruction from him, one that brings him glory and honor. And to be honest, that should be reason enough to forgive others who have hurt us. In Colossians, it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So through Christ, we have redemption. And to be redeemed means to be saved from sin and the penalties of sin. As believers, that's a pretty familiar sentiment to understand when it comes to Jesus forgiving our sins. We've heard it, we know it, and we can often accept and understand that. But forgiving another person, it essentially means the same thing. We are relieving them from being penalized for the wrongs that they've done. When we forgive somebody, we are laying down the desire for retaliation. Does that mean the person gets a free pass on justice, though? Well, if we are the ones executing that justice, then I would say, yes, they do get a free pass on that. But We can trust that God will take care of the justice. Romans 12, 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay. And in 1 Peter, it talks about Jesus, and it says, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. When we get hurt, it's easy for us to want that person to hurt as much as they hurt us. If a person repeatedly gossips about you, you may feel tempted to gossip just once about them so that they know what it feels like. Or if a friend doesn't invite you yet again to that weekend getaway, it would feel nice to retaliate just one time or at least slide a little jab about it into the next conversation. Maybe when your spouse forgets an important day or a task, You give a cold shoulder or rub it in just a little bit. Those are very mild examples. It could be that you lost your job unjustly. Maybe your spouse had an affair or your best friend stabbed you in the back. All of which would most likely stir up the temptation to get revenge in one way or another. Even just hoping something equally as hurtful happens to them. As I said earlier, forgiveness means that we are laying down the desire for retaliation And we are trusting God to handle the justice as he sees fit. Sometimes, let's just be honest, that's not going to look how we want it to look. But once we surrender this to the Lord, that is when we can live in peace. And the world's version of forgiveness then becomes a little bit more true. Because when we surrender our anger, we can then allow what has hurt us in the past to stop hurting us now. We do find peace and our blood pressure might just decrease a little bit. A big elephant in the room when it comes to this subject is the way too common phrase, forgive and forget. But when we forgive, do we actually forget? And do we need to forget? Realistically, as time moves on, memories from our hurtful situations do fade. The likelihood of us completely forgetting is very slim, but details often fade with time. However, I don't believe we are instructed to forget what happened. This sentiment is similar that once we forgive, we are surrendering the hurt that we feel over the situation. As we already talked about, forgiveness involves letting go of bitterness. Something that my mom often says is that we need to find our way back to feeling hurt, not angry. It's okay and completely understandable to feel hurt over a situation. It's okay to acknowledge that this situation has negatively affected you. And it is okay if there are things that need to be healed or unlearned from this. In fact, I would argue that forgetting can't be forgiving. Because forgiveness is not just a one and done decision. A decision is needed to forgive what happened. But from there, there's a string of decisions to forgive the effects of what happened to you as well as you process the situation. In other words, as you walk through the journey of healing from a hurt you're going to re-encounter a lot of feelings regarding this hurtful event. And as you meet those feelings again, as you recall that event, you're going to need to deal with those feelings, remember forgiveness, and maybe even forgive for the new feelings or effects that are uncovered. Because 15 years later, when somebody else does or says something similar, and your hurt and anger is triggered, for the lack of a better word, you're going to need to forgive again. And if you were to just forget, most likely you'd be shoving those feelings down inside, which is not the most emotionally healthy way to be dealing with things. And you wouldn't be making conscious decisions to forgive that person either. Does forgiveness require reconciliation? To be honest, as I was researching this, I have read different opinions about this. Some people say that true forgiveness doesn't occur unless the offending party confesses and repents, and then the offended party for offers forgiveness, bringing reunion to that relationship. So in that view, if the offender doesn't repent, the person who was hurt still needs to do the hard work of moving beyond bitterness and be ready to extend forgiveness, but true forgiveness doesn't occur um, until the offending party confesses. The main view that I've heard, though, which I'm sure we're all familiar with, is that we forgive whether or not the person is seeking your forgiveness. We do this because it's honoring to the Lord and because he forgives us. If you were to research this, you might feel a little bit stuck like I did on which view is biblical. If I'm being completely honest, I'm not quite sure. But I will say this. There is a difference between letting go of bitterness and restoring a relationship. This is what I've often struggled with, with forgiveness. I used to feel as though I had to restore a relationship with somebody even when they had apologized. I've shared it before on my podcast that in my early teens, I was bullied by somebody that I had considered a friend. And she would apologize every once in a while and change for a very short period of time before just continuing the bullying. But this happened many, many times and I couldn't figure it out. I was forgiving her. And I was, at least in the very beginning, I was willing to reconcile and continue a friendship. But when I finally figured out that her apologies were empty, I think I associated forgiving with reconciling. And therefore, I didn't forgive as I should have. Because I no longer sought restoration for that friendship and I held on to a lot of bitterness. But I have since learned that you can let go of bitterness and not want retaliation but still create boundaries as you need to. In some situations and with some people, that might mean limiting contact. And for others, it might mean cutting ties altogether. In abusive situations, this is more of an extreme example, but we would not advise somebody to restore that relationship because we would not want them to be abused anymore. Now, even in those situations, we are still called to forgive. In Matthew, it says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And really, that's a number symbol for always. You always forgive. And so throughout the Bible, forgiveness is taught in several places, but there's not a single spot that says something like, well, you should forgive, except when dot, dot, dot. Or, it's okay if you don't want to forgive the person who did this to you. It's not to say it's easy, but we are still called to forgive everyone who does wrong against us. I also want to mention that even in extreme situations such as abuse or an affair, for example, that there is still a possibility for reconciliation and restoration. That's a process that does require repentance and a whole lot of healing, but it is possible. I want to read you the forgiveness parable that Jesus lays out in Matthew 18, starting in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of God is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay everything back. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servants fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could repay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Lisa Turkers wrote an entire book on forgiveness called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. In this book, she talks about how forgiveness is a step of obedience. A powerful quote that stood out to me was, I only needed to bring my willingness to forgive, not the fullness of all my restored feelings. It might take years for my feelings to be sorted out and healed, but the decision to forgive does not have to wait on all of that. It's easy to want to sit and stew in the hurt and angry feelings for a little while, because we feel justified to do that. But a step of obedience to the Lord is to choose to forgive. Lisa also recounted when she chose to forgive people in her life. She spoke these words, and I've written them down to remember in the future. I forgive so-and-so for blank. And I want to pause quick and say I think it's important to verbalize the specifics here. But she continues. So she says, I forgive so-and-so for blank. And whatever my feelings don't yet allow for, the blood of Jesus will surely cover. Whatever my feelings don't yet allow for, the blood of Jesus will surely cover. Acknowledging that we may still be angry and upset and hurt is okay and important in this process because it can help us figure out where we stand and then begin to move on from there. But recognizing and speaking over the fact that Jesus' blood is how this is possible in the first place can be very powerful in our lives. Just like it's only through His love that we can love others, it's only through His forgiveness that we can forgive. Before I record each episode, I pray for all of you who will listen. And today my prayer is that we remember that forgiveness is not a cruel, one-sided direction from God. He exemplifies forgiveness in its purest form. So I pray that we look at forgiving others as a step in obedience, as a way to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Yes, it can be a way to heal and move on from hurts. But first and foremost, the reason that we can forgive is because He first forgave us. I'm so glad you tuned in for today's conversation. I hope you are leaving Uplifted in your walk with the Lord, because that is my prayer for this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at In All Things Pod. And I would love it if you invited more friends into our conversations. You can also visit my website at inallthingspodcast.com. If this episode was encouraging to you, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening platform because it helps the algorithms and it allows In All Things to be accessible to more people. See you next time.